We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Should the Yankees be sellers at the trade deadline? Who are Fred Zinke's top three second half sleepers? That and more coming up on the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome to the Rotowire Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Jeff Erickson here with Fred Zinke, and we have a lot to cover today. Lots of baseball to talk. I'm always happy to talk baseball with Fred. Fred, how are you? I'm great. Uh, it's a little earlier in the day than we usually get at it, but uh, it but I'm, I was excited to get started earlier. Yeah, I am too. Yeah. A little more energy. Uh, maybe That's a different right. crowd. Uh, oh, don't we love we love our regular crowd? But you know, maybe add a few more here. Perhaps we'll see. Uh, let's jump right into it here. The New York Yankees lost last night uh, on a walk off hit against uh, Michael Stefanik. Uh, they are now fifty and forty five, which is not bad. But they're nine games out in the AL East. That's last place in the AL East. Tough division, tough division. Um, they are also two and a half games out in the wild card. Too early to write, you know, write them off, but this is a team that's struggling right now. They're a little old and slow, uh, and Aaron Judge's return is nowhere in sight. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a bit of a bleak roster when you look at it right now without Judge. And even putting Judge in it, like, obviously helps a ton. But, yeah, when you just – like, I just happen to have their fan graphs depth chart right here and has the ages beside them, like – Stanton 33, Rizzo 33, LeMahieu 35, you know, um, uh, let's see here. We go a little further down the list. Both catchers are over 30. Um, yeah, it's just a bit of a, Carlos Rodon's a sneaky 30 years mm-hmm. old, which I guess isn't super old for a pitcher, but Garrett Lemay Cole's almost, almost 33. LeMahieu's 35 going on 45 too. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. It's also, uh, some older players where like Anthony Rizzo, like, doesn't look good this year and he's 30 like almost 34 like LeMahieu like you said is like like you said like looks 35 going on 45 uh John Carlos Stanton is almost 34 with a long list of injuries yeah it's a bit of a Josh Donaldson I mentioned it in this in our notes has Josh Donaldson played his last major league game he's probably played his last game as a Yankee I would he's guess. not sure if he's gonna get back this year I right. don't see any reason why a team would bring Josh Donaldson in as a free agent. Tell me, uh, do you know when Anthony Rizzo hit his last home run? Oh, he's on my Yahoo friends and family team, and that team stinks. Oh, so I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a month ago. 
Keep going. No way. May twentieth. Wow. I wouldn't have gotten two that. months I, ago. So almost that's the only the team day. I have him on, and I've kind of that team I've kind of given up on. But yeah, when you look at his, how about that? His June numbers: twenty-two games. So he's healthy. Like, well, he's playing. 173 batting average, no homers this month. 143. If no Rizzo's homers. not hitting for power, what is what is he there for? What is, what are you what are we doing even? Yeah, yeah, I yeah, because uh, yeah, to catch everyone up, I in our notes, I I raised the concept that, and I get that if the Yankees were in the AL Central or the NL Central, they might as well try. They probably win the division, but in this division with the wild cards available and the fact that. I think Boston is better than them. Like Boston is a better roster, I think, right now than they do. Um, Toronto. You need the same. Yankees pitching, and the the Yankees need the Red Sox hitting, basically. Uh, yep. Although I just feel like Boston's done an okay job piecing together that pitching. Like Nick Pavetta did really well last night. You know, they've got like Paxton's been a surprise. Bayo's been a surprise. Cutter Crawford has, has like seems to have a lot of potential. Like I know that their their pitching isn't perfect, but I could see. It's a solid lineup. I could see the Red Sox, if they want to, try to compete, you know, add just like a mid-level starter or something at the deadline. And I don't know. They look closer than the Yankees. This, the Yankees lineup just looks like so, like, slow and stodgy. I don't know. Well, and the, the young guys aren't doing it. That's nope. that's the problem, too. Yep. Like, the guys they got to be the next generation. I mean, Volpe, let's look. You know, Volpe has actually had his moments. He has 13 homers. He has 16 stolen bases, but he's also hitting 208 with the 281 on base. Uh, the 281 on base is just a killer. I mean, and he does take some walks, but so, uh, but you know, I so I guess that both the average and the on base are killers, I suppose, if you think about it that way. Uh, Oswaldo Cabrera is, you know, they are expecting him to be a full time starter. Instead, he's now a part time player. He's hitting 212, 271, 317. No power or average. I mean, that that that's a killer. Oswald Peraza's got the call back up, but is he going to play much? Uh, you know, he, he did get on. He did start yesterday. Got on base five times. Might have been a mistake to cut him in some leagues, or or, or it's it should be like a priority to go get him perhaps now. Even though he is hitting two thirty five and slugging two sixty five, but he also has barely played with the Yanks. But at AAA Scranton, he he wasn't doing all that well initially, but if you look at his overall totals, 847 OPS. Yeah. So Praza, I think from a fantasy perspective profiles is someone who's interesting because he's just got that power speed combo where you could see if he played regularly the rest of the way, you could see him maybe getting, I don't know, say like seven homers and nine steals, 10 steals, something like that, like something interesting over a couple months. Um, but it shows this, but, but it shows the state of the Yankees lineup that he hit lead off in his first game back and he's a 260 hitter in the minors. So like this shows just kind of how desperate they are for a spark. And it worked like he got on base five times. He did everything he could uh, to help them win. Um, they, you know, they do have some guys like Stanton's played all right lately. Like Glaber Torres is having an, a, a good year. I don't know. It's just not enough for me. And then you mentioned when I mentioned them selling, you said like, who's buying any of these players, which I think is a really good point. I don't know. I don't think you get much of no for any of these guys. You could get something for Harrison Bader if you want to. Yeah, if you catch right his now. healthy window. I mean, that, yeah. that's just the problem with Bader is, I mean, it's been so many times. I mean, it's the pitching that you could trade for a little bit yep. there. Uh, you know, Uncle Ted posted about that the Yankees uh, wish they didn't trade away Ezekiel Duran to the Rangers. That was the yep. lovely, lovely Joey Gallo trade. 
and Joely Rodriguez. You know, who what was your favorite Joely Rodriguez moment uh, with the Yankees there? You'd have to dig a little deep on that, but yeah. uh, it wasn't great. Uh, let's just put it that way. There actually, he was. No, he, he was he was actually fine with the Yanks. Uh, I take that back. He had a 284 ERA. He was fine, but yeah. they didn't hold on to him. Um, so yeah, tough uh, tough look for the Yanks right now. Um, looking at their depth chart, yeah, they, they need the young guys to step up. Um, and it's just it's the offense all season. The fact that they can't develop outfielders is just vexing. You know, Jake Bowers and Billy McKinney. They're playing Isaiah Kinder Falefa in the outfield, which. As an outfielder, he's a good shortstop. He, he's just—he's not an out, hes not a corner outfielder. He just isn't. Um, you, you can't suffice with that. But Billy McKinney and Willie Calhoun and Jake Bowers and just the—you know—I you know, Franchi Cordero. The fact is, none of these young guys have developed, and they also—you know—Jason Dominguez is taking his time. He's twenty, so hey, let's pump the brakes a little bit on that. But still, they just. They were expecting more from these guys. And and then losing Judge on top of that is just a killer. Yeah. And, I mean, we've – like, I guess there is at least a scenario where they they pitch their way into the playoffs. I just don't see it happening in this tough group in the mm-hmm. AL East. I, I just don't – I don't see anyone being able to – other than the AL Central champion, like anyone else being able to go, you know, ass backwards into the playoffs. Like, I think you're going to have to earn it in the AL this year in those wild card spots. And, like, their they're, Yankees are 22nd in baseball in OPS. <laughs> Which basically, they have the AL Central teams cushioning their fall. If it wasn't for Oakland and the AL Central teams, you know, yeah. every everyone else in the American League is – oh, no, sorry, Seattle's one spot behind them. Anyways, they just don't profile as a, an offense that can catch – that can catch fire. And – I guess they do have some guys like Rizzo who are massively underperforming. It just seems unlikely that they'll all turn it around. Yeah. I think the last time I complained about the Yankees offense, they scored 13 runs the next game. So I there wonder if that will still happen, but uh, regardless. The tonight. Yeah. yeah uh, there you go. Stack them against the angels, perhaps uh, yeah. there you go. But uh, yeah, in fact, who is this? That, what is the pitching matchup in that one? It is Patrick Sandoval and Domingo Herman Sandoval. I mean, Sandoval's one of my disappointments this year. Oh, four and yeah. seven, four forty-one ERA. Yeah. Uh, and the K's have—I kind of expected at least I'll get the K's. Seventy K's in eighty-five innings. Uh, he has definitely been a big disappointment, a big underperformer from expectation. Maybe I should have seen it coming. I don't know. Um, fastball is down a little bit. Swing and miss is down, and it's kind of trend. It started trending down last year, but it was still pretty good last year at thirteen point five. Down to twelve point two this year. K percentage though has dropped through the floors. Twenty three point seven last year, eighteen point two this year. Yeah, it's the the lack of strikeouts. Like that's what's pivoted him. Uh, if there is a lesson to be learned, it's probably that you know high whip pitchers have very little margin for error. Like throughout yeah. his career, like going into this season, his his whips by season one thirty seven, one thirty four, one twenty one, one thirty four. That's really bad. Like a career yeah. whip over one point three going into this season he had always been able to you know kind of work around that he by having a, a solid strikeout rate doesn't give up a lot of home runs um but you can see where when the strikeout rate goes down a little bit all of a sudden you know the, he was already a high whip pitcher now he's killing your whip 147 from from a, a starter is like that's a heavy weight on your whip to try to work that off i'm gonna give you name this pitcher I'm going to get, as I think there's still hope for Sandoval. I mean, I don't think the Sandoval is at the level of this pitcher. I'm giving you a little spoiler alert here, but his whips throughout his career, age 24 rookie season, 107, 
122 the next year, 114, 123, 136, 108, 103. And this guy in the last five years has regularly been drafted high. Who is this pitcher? I'm going to guess Luis Castillo. Bingo! Dang! I'm so impressed. That was awesome. Well, the reason I got I got him right away is um, I used to write a lot of be careful of Luis Castillo because yeah. because he'll kill your whip. And you, well, it's not he. Actually, I wouldn't say that. That's exaggerative. He he wouldn't kill your whip. It was why are you taking a pitcher in round two? This was something I would write a couple of years ago. Why are you taking a pitcher in round two who's going to hurt your whip or not yeah. help your whip? Yeah, yeah, and, I've made that point. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And, and at the time when I was making that argument. Um, let's say, you know, kind of like, like 2021 drafts, things like that. I was saying his team stinks. He's in a bad ballpark and he hurts your whip. Like, what are we chasing here in like round two or three with Luis Castillo? Now I have some Luis Castillo this year. To me, it was a very different picture of Luis Castillo. Once he started showing, showing some signs, he could bring his whip down the last couple of years and he got out of Cincinnati. Yeah. Uh, ironically now Cincinnati's got a better record than Seattle, which is yeah. funny, but then again, they play in the NL central, which is not a good division to say the least. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, it, it's, it's, it's kind of funny how, uh, you know, that it can sometimes correct, but I used to make that point all the time that I, I wouldn't be on Castillo either there. No. Meanwhile, think, go ahead. Sorry, I was just going to, just to put a bow on Castillo, I was going to say one of my theories has always been with your early round pitchers to look for whip and strikeout rate. Like if the whips looks helpful, like, cause ERA is going to go around, going to move around, right. You're going to have, you know, inherited runners and all these other things. But um, so ERA is going to go up and down, which we've seen with Castillo. And, and you go back and look at Sandoval's page, same thing. But um, if you can get a pitcher, if you're taking a picture in the early rounds, you should believe that strikeout rate is going to be excellent. And the whip is going to be excellent. And then, and then cross your fingers on the wins you know, cross your fingers on the ERA. So Castillo for me just didn't check the, one of the two boxes. And I think in the early rounds for a pitcher, you got to be able to check both boxes where Sandoval was going. You can just check one box and you can maybe cross your fingers on the other one. Yeah. I think you're probably yeah. right about that. Yeah. Uh, tying this all back to the Yankees. Uh, so trying to find who they could trade if they do trade away. And, you know, I think it might be hard to sell that, uh, you know, hard, hard to get the Yankees to do that, but I mean, yep. I think they kind of need to. But then again, like we said, I, I, I think short of trading, I mean, I, I mean, who's trading for Luis Severino right now? I, no maybe my Reds, our Reds. No one's giving uh, what like max value for him, right? You're not going to get a stud. You're not going to get a stud prospect for him. That's that's the that's the real problem for the Yankees. Glaber Torres could have some currency. That's someone who they should really trade. And just play Peraza on a regular basis. Torres has some value. He's not 35. You know, he, he's 26. He's still got time to be a, a solid productive player. He is productive. A 750 OPS. It's not a star. He, you know, we, you know, I think 2019 Happy Fun Ball year. We all got super excited about him and all that. Um, and then he's now gone five, you know, four straight years with being below 800 OPS, but he went he, as a rookie is 820 year two happy fun ball, 872. I think what we're looking at right now is his level that that plays, but not maybe as much as one would think. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm looking at other Yankees that you could maybe could trade. Could you trade Domingo Herman? I don't know what you get for him, but he's got two more years after this one for free agency. Like that could be, 
could be appealing to some teams that just want to add a starter without, without a massive... I think there's some squeamishness in trading for Herman. I agree. Of, That's what I think past, too. too. I agree. There's just been so many cheating related things with him. And I he, wasn't he, thinking cheating. I was thinking about the domestic violence too. Oh, I was thinking. Uh, oh, you're right. That's you're right. That's a big deal too. But I, was I think that both. does. I think unless you're the White Sox, most teams actually care about PR a little bit. So <laughs> I mean, I, I I don't think that. I think he'd be hard. I mean, I think you could trade the relievers, but again, the return will be not massive. Uh, but Peralta, King, Holmes, Canley, any of those guys, you could trade. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, but, maybe that's a way to do it the, because they're in tough, like, like beyond this year, like Baltimore, holy smokes, like Baltimore is on the rise. Yeah. Like they are not going anywhere. The Rays aren't never, going away. Ne- they never go anywhere. The Blue Jays, unless they do something odd, they aren't going anywhere. Like until for a few more years, until Vladdy and Bichette and those guys hit free agency that we'll see what the Blue Jays decide to do long-term, who they lock up, who they don't, whatever. But that core is together for a couple more years. So that, that should be a team in the winning record and Boston. I don't know if Boston's fully turned the corner yet, but I, they like, I don't think they're, I don't think Boston's going way down or anything anytime yep. soon. And they could go up a bit. So I think New York's in a tough spot and I know Yankees fans don't want to hear that. And someone tweeted at me, I tweeted out in an article over the all-star break that they were going to miss the playoffs. And someone said something to me like the Yankees have a, a permanent ticket or something like that punch for the playoffs every year in April. Don't you know that something is something like that. Like, <laughs> some Yankees fan was just like, we're the Yankees that we don't want to hear. I don't want to hear it, but which, Hey, maybe they'll rally and, and make it. But if you took this roster and put them in any other set of jerseys and put them in exactly where they are in the standings, you, you would say, I think you would conclude that there's no way they're in, like, they will, they're highly unlikely to make the playoffs. Are the ALE standings in inverse order of payroll right now? Rays, Orioles, Jays, Red Sox, Yankees. Or do the Jays the outpace Jays are, the Red Sox? Yeah, the Jays might be paying the. I haven't looked, but they might be paying more than the Red Sox this year. And Rays versus Orioles is close too. It, uh, is. it would be, yeah, yeah. But it's it's kind of funny. It's also the uh, ALE standings perfectly mirror the run differential. Uh, Ray, although not perfectly mirrored because the Rays are a hundred runs better than uh, the Orioles uh, in terms of run differential, only one game in the standings, but 151, 51, 44, 39, 16. I mean, that's the thing is all are the positive. I mean, the worst team in the division, still five games over 500. Keep that yeah. in mind. I mean, yeah. that that's, that's pretty wild uh, to say the least. Uh, if you look at like di- in the division, uh, you know, we know the Jays have been wrecked by their own division. They're yep. seven and 20. If, if they hadn't played, in any other division, I mean, they they we'd be talking about them as an elite team, but they're seven and twenty against the East. The Yankees are thirteen and seventeen against the East, so they they've struggled in division. They've already played thirty of their divisional games, so there is that. <laughs> uh, they still have twenty. It still means they have twenty two left, but they they've played more divisional games than anybody else in the AL East right now. Yeah, I just they would need probably two teams to just fully collapse uh, out of either two in their division or, or Houston or Texas. And by the way, speaking of the AL East, it's fascinating that the Rays have almost coughed up that division lead. You know, yeah, the I know. Are now one game behind them. Even the Jays at five and a half, like, like five and a half, you don't catch the Rays in a week or two, but the Jays like, and the Jays haven't played phenomenal baseball or anything. Like they're not bad in their last 10, but overall, but the race, so which kind of shows the Rays have come back to the pack here, like five and a half for the Jays. They, probably won't catch the Rays, but that's not bad for the middle of July. You would have that whittled down, you know, by August 1st, maybe for three sure. games, something like that. Yeah. The Rays have really, really come back down to earth, which I think, I think people expected. 
Yeah, big week for the Rays, too. They lost yesterday at Texas, two more there, and then yeah. four home games against the O's. They could be yeah. in second. They could lose or- the division lead this week. Yeah, they could. Oh. And then at, they get two games against the Marlins at home next week, and then four game, or, or three more games at Houston, and then at, New- at the Yankees after that. So the schedule is legit for uh, the uh, Rays coming up right now. Yeah, and if Baltimore passes them, like I look at Baltimore's roster and it's exciting and it's young, but I look at that pitching staff and I'm just like, really? Like that's going to be the pitching staff of the number one seed in the American League? Well, yeah, Rays do need starters, as Ted mentions. Yes, yes, they do. Rays need starters, but Baltimore also probably needs starters if they're if they're actually thinking. Both of these teams. And, and if, in the playoffs, too. I mean, are who? which yeah. of these are like, I mean, at least the Rays have McClanahan. Yes. Uh, is it Tyler Wells? Is that is he the O's ace, or yeah, is it Kyle Bradish? Yeah, Kyle Bradish. Yeah. Well, and there's another possibility later on. We should talk about that, and that's Grayson Rodriguez, who made his return yesterday yeah. against the Dodgers. Overall, lines not great, but I was reading like I watched the start. I was reading Nick Pollock uh, from Pitcher List afterward, talking about him, uh, talking about Grayson Rodriguez. He hit 101, and he was throwing harder than before. His stuff looked better. Just the Dodgers lay off of stuff better. Um, he wasn't getting a lot of swings and misses on his fastball against other teams. That'll come. That'll still play. But unfortunately, Grayson gets the raise in his next start. Yeah. So the jury may have to stay out for a little while longer on on Grayson Rodriguez and whether he's, you know, really like I, I think he's been picked up in every competitive league. Oh yeah. Um, but but I think the jury may have to be out. His next start after the the at Rays is a home to Yankees. So. After we, I mean, after we just pooped all over the Yankees for all that time, I guess we better at least say that that's a pretty positive, good park to pitch in and the Yankees lineup. So maybe by then, and I mean, against the Rays, like, like we did say the Rays are floundering a bit and that lineup's not full of all-stars. So he, he should be able to have a respectable showing in that start, even if he doesn't dominate. But yeah, I do think, I think bringing him back was the right idea. I, he was doing really well in AAA overall. Cole Irvin's like not part of the solution. It's nice that he gave them some respectable starts while they were yeah. trying to fill in that spot. But um, yeah, I think it's time. You know what? I think they need to figure out what they have in Rodriguez before the trade deadline. Yep. I, I agree. I, I, that's I what a lot of teams are gauging. With I think, I think, you know, obviously, so he, Grayson Rodriguez is the first of your second half sleepers, by the way, I'm, I'm titling it as such. Uh, but cause I do think now's the time to trade for Grayson Rodriguez. I mean, he's right. not going to be, you know, he didn't have a great start against the Dodgers. His next starts against the Rays. He's going to be an ace someday, and he's going to be very good in good matchups in this second half. I think he's improved since we first saw him. There will be some bumps in the road, but I think he's legit, and I think now is the time to go out and go get him uh, while you still can get him at a relatively affordable price in redraft. In, in keeper leagues, you're going to have to pay a mint. Uh, that Everybody who has Grayson Rodriguez in a keeper or dynasty league values him and so you're not going to get any discount there yeah i mean you raise a good point if you wanted to kind of like like gamble on this one a bit wait till he faces the rays hope that the rays which overall this season has been a very good lineup hope that Mm -hmm. the rays knock him around at least a little bit and then put your trade in off trade offer in on sunday for him right like let him face the rays maybe he does another five innings four runs and now you've got you know for whoever picked him up on the weekend or whoever's had had him you know benched waiting maybe get they get two two bad starts and then you swoop in and are like ah you know whatever i'll I'll give i'll give this kid a shot i'll give you something for him and maybe you can pick him up on the cheap before he before he has that start against the yankees yeah 
Yeah, yeah. I like it there. Yeah, just playing the trying to play the trade market a little bit like the stock market and you know, maybe you gamble, you don't make the offer for them now, you wait till the weekend. Yeah, I think that's smart. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that, that's the route I'd go. I mean, the O's, they need, but they do need another starting pitcher, right? They have to go get one at the trade deadline. And I think, although everybody needs one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we can't all get Lucas Giolito and Lance Lynn. Uh, we, maybe Jordan Montgomery or he'll come yeah. parachuting in or something like that. But there, the supply is not abundant, to say the least. No, I mean, well, it'll depend on what certain teams decide. Like you said, there's like, like, so there's Giolito for sure. You mentioned Lance, Lynn, there's Lance Lynn, um, Jordan Montgomery for sure. And then we're talking about, you know, are the Padres sticking around in the race or is Blake Snell potentially available? Are the Mets going to stick around in the race or are any of their veterans available? Um, the Cubs, are they going to drop out? At which Marcus Stroman, there is a name for you. Maybe Kyle oh. Hendricks, if you want to, yeah. who is effective lately. I don't know if you believe in that, but if you're renting him for a couple months, uh, the Tigers, Eduardo Rodriguez, could he be available? Yeah. Michael Lorenzen's had a respectable year. I don't see the White Sox trading Dylan Cease. I've seen that. I've seen someone suggest that. Uh, I, I, I don't think they trade him. Um, unlike Giolito, who's a free agent this year, unlike Lance Lynn, who's, you know, old and all that. I mean, Giolito's 29. Uh, I, I, I know. Well, I mean, excuse. Yeah, I'm looking at you. Sorry. Giolito's 29. He should go, but I don't see Cease going. I'm sorry. I do see Giolito going. Uh, Cease is 27. He, he's not a free agent at the end of the year. He has four and a half years of service. So he's got at least another year. I, I mean, maybe if the package is overwhelming. But he's so cheap too. I mean, he's he's only he's on a five point seven million dollar contract this year. I think he's got two more arbitrations still left. I, I, I I'm if I'm the White Sox, I have to be just absolutely gobsmacked by an offer. We're talking like the you know maybe not the Nats for Soto level of an offer, but it's got to be pretty huge before I think about trading yeah. Bill and Cease. I agree. I, I think so too. And I, and I do think of the White Sox as a team that is not going full rebuild i think they'll retool but that division is so weak this year that and they've had they've had now two we talked about this last week like two kind of stinker years in a row where you're just like oh the white Sox, like they screw up everything like this year you know like like they should have in such a lousy division they should be hanging around and they're not uh but luis robert looks like a total star um you know you keep crossing your fingers that eloy jimenez can stay healthy that guys like andrew vaughn Oscar Colas take another step that maybe Tim Anderson who's only 30 get mm -hmm. gets his act back together you know Andrew Benintendi was a stupid signing but he's at oh, least like a, transparently too like yeah. at the time like four years for this guy yeah really yeah for sure but anyways like when I all the players that I just named and then if, if they do keep cease um they still have Kopech yeah, they, they, they could turn it around next year to, to be competitive again in a division that I don't think anyone's going to pull away in that division even again next year. I mean, that's really far away for me to say, but there just doesn't seem like a team there like that's just like right on the cusp of being amazing. Yeah. So maybe Cleveland, if they fix that offense, I still think Cleveland's just got like a lot of pitching and, and a, like a lot of pitch, young pitchers and prospects. Like maybe if they could fix that offense over a winter, Shane Bieber is down though. I mean, he's down yeah. for, you know, at least, well, not even throwing for two weeks. And we're talking maybe, so 
you know, and it's an elbow. It, you know, no surgery is needed now, but he's not even throwing. What if they do the exam two and a half weeks from now and they find, oh, now we found it. I, 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 I feel like that's that scenario is present. Yep. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that would, well, I don't know if that would pack it in for them. They've just, I don't know. They, I, at first I was going to say losing Bieber, I don't know how much that really hurts them, but I think it's just piled up now. Quantrill's out. Tristan McKenzie's still Not out. Not Quantrill. Longer. No. Oh, sorry. Cal Quantrill's out. Um, yeah. Well, I, McKenzie I mean, McKenzie was a bad one, too. Yep. Yeah, and I mean, Cal Quantrill isn't good in fantasy because he doesn't strike a lot of people out, but he's still, even with this year stinking and pushing his ERA up, it's still 3.9 in his career. Like, uh, every team he, in baseball would be happy to have a starter with a 3.9. Yeah, the Reds yeah. would love to have a would Cal Quantrill. Would a, love that. a league average starter, yeah. Although And that 3.9 is heavily impacted by a 5.16 in his rookie year. Like, since then, if I just blocked out his first and last year, well, the middle years, it's, his ERA is probably about 3. So... The it Guardians somehow finally found a way to run out of starting pitchers. I mean, they have Savali, uh, Bybee, Gavin Williams, Logan Allen. So they have one non-rookie in there. Bieber's hurt. Quantrill's hilt hurt. Even Battenfield, who uh, got the call up earlier, he's on the 60-day IL. McKenzie's yeah. obviously on the 60-day. They, I mean, we kept on like, oh, they got to move him so we can get room for this guy. We got to move him so we got room for this guy. They finally ran out of guys to get to make room for that's right. But that's a team I could see turning it around really fast in the off season. If they could figure out their lineup, because you see, you figure like Shane Bieber is only 28. I thought he was older than that, but like, that's one that surprised me a bit. Cause he's been good now for a few years. Tristan McKenzie's only 26. You get those two back next year to go along with all these Gavin Williams, Bybee, Logan Allen, Savali, get mm-hmm. Quantrill back. It's a really deep group. And, and then in that, and then there are pieces in that lineup obviously Jose Ramirez, but there's pieces in that lineup, Naylor, Quan. I think that they can have back. They just have to figure out like three or four spots in the lineup in the off season, which feels achievable, more achievable than building an entire starting rotation. Yeah, that's right. So they're the one team that I think, even if they were to give up on this year and just let Minnesota have it, I think they could find a way to, to get back in it for next year. No, no, I don't think they should give up on this year. I think they They did just have a horrible, no good, awful weekend in Texas, lost all three. Um, That was that was bad for them, but uh, and by the way, Battenfield is on the sixty day IL, but he's eligible to come off next Tuesday, and it looks like he will come off next Tuesday. So um, we'll see. I mean, I mean, the Guardians are only a game and a half out in the world's yep. worst division, which is yep. somehow worse than the NL Central. Is we we give you the AL Central, uh, which is yeah. And now, as a Reds fan, you can stomp your feet and be like, "Man, I wish we were in the AL Central." And we could peacock we all AL. around. This yeah. is so unfair. That we're in the NL Central. I wish we were in the AL Central. We'd be doing so much better. Yeah, the Tigers are nine games under 500, and yet they're only five games out. So they're telling yeah. themselves they still have a chance, which I mean, mathematically they do. Um, yeah, and I I can understand because the Tigers are getting a lot of pitchers back right now. They're getting a lot yeah. of players back. They got Riley Green back. Uh, you know, they they got Erod back recently. They got Scooble back recently. I could see them making a case for not tearing things down, but I mean. Lorenzen's got to be a sell high, right? I mean, there's there's not a better time to sell him than right now. Yeah, and I kind of think they should tear it down. Like, well, I don't mean totally tear it down, but I think, yeah, anyone who they think their value is at a high, that mm-hmm. could be Eduardo Rodriguez. Like, I know he's got a couple more years on his contract, so maybe you yeah. keep, maybe you keep Rodriguez. I, 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 I maybe I'll back off there because I don't think they're too, the Tigers are. I think they want to compete as soon as they can. They've been down for a while now. 
So if they're ready to turn the corner, but like you said, if, if they can get rid of Lorenzen, like go for it. I don't yeah. know if there's much else they can sell though and get. Erod has got to be an option because of his opt out. Uh, oh yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. So maybe he's the other one that they could try to move. Obviously relievers, anyone who can, <laughs> none of them are bolted to the floor. If yeah, they, if anyone sure. wants some of those guys wants Alex Lang or who's, who's not like a great reliever, he's okay. Right. So there's some of those guys they could trade, but you're right. Like they're going to go into the off season thinking like we're not far off. Same, same as Cle- oh, they're not as close as Cleveland. They're not, but maybe they'll think they are, they, but they're another team. If they could get their offense up a bit, like their offense this year is really bad. Where, where are they? 28th in OPS, even worse than Cleveland. Um, right. And well, they're still hanging around. Yeah. They've only, but they've only, you know, four out of the five teams in the AL Central have scored fewer than 400 runs. Yeah. Only the Twins haven't, uh, and they're at 406. Yeah. Uh, it, to give you, like, you know, it just as a point of comparison, the lowest run scored in the AL East is the Yankees, who we've, you know, kvetched about their offense, and they're at 418. Uh, and run scores, and then it goes up from there. And the Rays are at 522. Uh, the Rangers are at 554. So you can see how much the hot, how much higher it can get. Um, you know, you know, yeah. Detroit White Sox are like, oh, thank God we're not the Royals at least. Royals. <laughs> I mean, the the Royals are, are I, I you know the Royals are low key the worst. I think the worst, worst story in baseball this year. I mean, out because the A's everybody knows about, right? Everybody yeah. knows that they're moving the franchise. It's it's straight out of the uh, the movie Major League. They've just torn this team down, set it up to fail, and the fail indeed they have. The Royals. There was this optimism: new GM, new manager. And Brady Singer was so good last year. Breakout, twenty-seven and sixty-eight. They're only two games better in the uh, two and a half games better than the A's. Uh, they've scored 350 runs, only six more than the A's, who are, are fielding all these AAA uh, guys right now. Their, their pitching is about 100 runs better than the A's, but it's still bad at 509. I mean, it's 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 short short of the A's, and even the Reds are like, wow, the Royals' pitching is really bad. Um, the Rockies are at 555, so the Rockies are over there still in the corner eating paste as they usually do. But um, the Royals, I mean, just. I expected them to be like competitive with the Tigers and the White Sox and the Guardians, and whew, they're nowhere near that. No, I agree with you. I think they're the worst franchise. I mean, obviously, someone could say the A's are the worst franchise because they're actually like trying to move out of their own city and trying to gut the team to make that happen. But um, if you're talking about the worst franchises and trying to succeed and failing, yeah. um, I think it's the Royals. Yeah, they. Like they're like you said, like they're they're pitching's bottom two or three in baseball. They're hitting's bottom two or three in baseball this year. Um, there's th- their inability to develop pitchers is really remarkable. Like all of these young pitchers that we've looked at in fantasy over the last couple of years, like none of them are turning out. You know, like Brady Singer and Daniel Lynch and these guys. Like none of them are turning. Rubich out. got hurt this year. Yeah. That was that was a blow. Yeah, that's dunk. Uh, but yeah. yeah. And then, and then from a hitting perspective, like what is in that lineup? Bobby Witt is the poster child for better in fantasy than real life baseball player. Real life is getting better though. I I was about to say, I'm not giving up on him as far as like him being a real life star at some point, but this thus far in his career, he has an on base percentage of 296 and is still really, really valuable in fantasy. Yep. So, so he is the poster child for that where he hits home runs and steals bases, but doesn't get on base um yeah there's there's sal perez and 
Well, they and Not they and they lost Vinny Pasquantino too. That's yeah. drunk. Um, Oliveris is hurt now. He was actually, you know, he wasn't very yeah. good. Yeah, and and Pasquantino um, wasn't exactly, you know, tearing the cover off the ball this year. Melendez isn't line. hitting for average. And no. not really a whole like lot of Pasquantino power. Pasquantino had, had a 762 OPS in yeah. 61 games. That's not a good OPS for a first baseman. So, And yet, Fred, he's the tops on the team in OPS among, yeah. his, among regular starters. Yeah. That, that, like, is, that team is just a damning so, indictment. Yeah, that team is just so far, it seems like, from turning any sort of corner. And in fact, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the, the baseball reference page for the Royals. Among... Anybody who's had more than six plate appearances this year, 762 is their best OPS. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's so bad. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that's art. That's not just, that's just, that that's, that's just artwork there. Uh, so it's not just, you know, not developing starting pitching. It's not developing hitting either. Um, if Perez is hurt right now, Sal Perez is hurt, but yes. with a bad hand. Day to day right now. Yeah. Day to day, but man, uh, they should trade him when he's healthy. They, they yeah, absolutely should. Yeah, is he someone should. that they could move off of? I, I don't know what the market will be for Sal Perez, but... He's got to play a couple games before getting dealt, unless it's just like one of those nudge, nudge, wink, wink, we're holding him out so he doesn't aggravate it sort of things. But, I mean, I don't want to get sold a bill of goods either. I think I want to see a guy play a couple of games, let my scouts see him play a couple of games before I trade for him. Uh, but, yeah, you know... <laughs> There, there's there's probably 20 teams in baseball that could trade for him right now and you yeah. know, they could use the upgrade. So you're looking at if you if you take Sal Perez, you got two more years on that contract at about 20 million a year, and then you've got a club option with a two million dollar buyout. So really two more years, and then if you don't, if you're not happy with them, over two years. So you're you're buying two years at 20 million, and then there is a club option for only 13 at the third year, like. Yeah, but I'd say that's like a fifty-fifty for a catcher. Could you imagine game. him in Great American Ballpark? That could be a well. They don't have any room for him in there. Well, they would have to trade Stevenson or something like that. It would have to be like, okay, you get our younger guy. We're gonna go for you know the upgrade. Uh, I don't know if the Reds do it to be honest, uh, but I right. mean the Reds have all the room in the world financially to trade for anybody. You yep. know. Votto comes off the books this year. Uh, you know, so, you know, I think Ken Griffey Jr. might be the third highest salary on the team right now. I'm not joking. <laughs> um, it's kind of like the Bobby Bow contract. It's just last and last. But, I mean, they, they, they have nothing on the books going forward. I mean, they have all the room to pick up a contract. They're two or three or four if they want to. Yeah, but I can't see them picking up a contract of a position player. Can you? I feel. I guess if there was one, it could be a catcher. But I mean, I think they stick with Stevenson, and why not just steer into your strength? I don't know. Yeah, just have this like impenetrable yeah. lineup. Uh, yeah. I, I no, they do need it, but no. In all seriousness, I mean, obviously they need to trade for some pitching. I gotta say, the starting pitching has been better lately. Uh, Brandon Williamson yeah. was fine yesterday. Uh, you know, Graham Ashcraft has been better since coming back off the IL. Now, do I? degree of confidence in that lasting that's so great ben lively left with an injury last time out luke weaver still got to have his first turn from the all-star break and you know always bet the first inning over uh, against him yeah. uh if, if that that if such a thing exists um but yeah uh yeah man i i could i could see still i could see sal Perez in that ballpark would be fun i'm just trying to think of other right-handed ballparks that would be good fenway yeah. would be great for him 
Uh, but yep. they already have a catcher uh, who's they're pretty happy yep. with right now. Yeah, I, jumping back to the Reds for a minute, they could be in an interesting position where, like Matt McLean has already has I feel like is already showing he belongs in the majors. India, yep. De La Cruz. So without me having memorized their prospect list, like they kind of know that their infield positions are locked up. Kind of, they got to figure it all out. They got more on the way. That's a, well, no. What I was going to say is the the guys who are the more on the way, they could make available. Yeah, or because, I mean, just, because yeah. they, like they already know Jonathan India is a really good player. Well, first base is the last For thing him. to decide is, and, and that's why Encarnacion Strand is up now. Yep. Um, and that's why like Steer sat out yesterday. He's been slumping too, but you know they got to figure out okay. And Carnacion Strand, do we package him in a deal for a starter, or is he our long-term first baseman? He gets the call. You know, you'd love to see him play in that ballpark. He's been raking the last year and a half, uh, almost two two full years. I mean, they got to they they really got to uh, figure out if he if he's a full time guy. But he's he's our number two guy, by the way, as far as like second half uh, guys to go get because he's going to play when, whether he gets traded or stays with the Reds. He's going to play on a regular basis. His bat plays. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I think the same thing. I could see the Reds. I don't know. I feel like this year's found money for the Reds. I could see them just doing something really small, like trading for Kyle Hendricks type trade, and then just yep. I saying, agree. If we make it, we make it. If we don't, we don't. But we're not giving away any collateral. Right I've now. prepared myself to be under uh, underwhelmed. And, and the trade you know, deadline. and then like I said, like maybe in the off season they part with like a, a decent infield prospect who now is blocked. And and get a pitcher who they'll have under control for for a few years, something yeah. like that. You know, so, I, I could just I could see them saying, like, we didn't even think this was possible, and we don't think we're ready to go deep in the playoffs. So that being said, like, I guess why couldn't they? If they yeah. Get, well, I, this this past weekend was kind of a little bit of cold water yeah. on them, getting swept by the Brewers. I mean, their chief had rival. A really, really bad weekend. Yeah, he did. Um, the Brewers. I mean. Corbin Burns looks back. Uh, Freddie Peralta looked good on Saturday. Uh, yeah. But the fact here, here's, here's your tell that they are slumping. They got three runs at home off of Adrian Hauser, who went yeah. like five innings without striking anybody out. The, it was funny. David Bell got kicked out in the second inning of that game. Home plate umpire, I forget his name, had a really wide strike zone. Both teams were bitching in the first two innings. Bell gets kicked out, and Hauser goes five innings without a strikeout. Uh, and yet the Reds only scored three runs. And what they had multiple scoring situations where they couldn't get that insurance run over. Sure enough, the Brewers rallied late, one four to three, because the Reds bullpen is awful, no good, terrible, uh, lively, and they did their best to hang on. Lively left after four innings in that game. Uh, we'll see if he needs another trip to IL. I mean, that could really kind of spur them into doing something. But yeah, uh, I think they're they are three or four pitchers away, and I, I yeah. don't think they go out and get either the high end types or the, the number of pitchers they need. I think the Brewers win this division. Yeah. Speaking of Adrian Hauser, you said it wasn't going well and they only got three runs off Adrian Hauser without looking it up. Guess Adrian Hauser's career ERA and almost all of his career appearances have been as a starter. Three nine five. Three. Oh, there you go. Three nine five. Exactly right. Damn! I, I just was why going with the Cal Quantrill number there. Why did I even challenge you? But there's another guy. He is very. That Cal was a total Quantrill. wild ass guess too. It he was only because ca- of the Cal Quantrill comment you made earlier. Yeah, 
he is very Cal Quantrill-like in that he's not good for fantasy because the strikeout rate's really low and the whip is really high. So he's yeah. not he's not good. I'm not telling anyone listening to this to pick pick up Adrian Hauser. But from a major league baseball perspective, this is a guy who can give you five innings to start and have an ERA of four at the end of the year. Which means- Judge Smales to- told us the world needs ditch diggers too. Yeah, um, and it. it's it's true. I mean, he he's yeah. a perfect like. Get yes, it over for five, most six teams innings guy. would like Adrian Hauser as their fifth starter. Yeah, uh, Maybe I, I agree. And plenty of teams would take him as their fourth. Reds would take him as a third. As a third. Yeah. <laughs> I think. I, I think so. Hey, we've gone 42 minutes without uh, sharing a commercial note, so we're going to do that now. First, quick plug from our Blue Wire advertisers. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Thank you for that. Uh, also... Our friends at Home Run Index are one of our sponsors. We thank them for that. We know the weather can impact how far a ball can fly, but we never know what all that heat and humidity or cold air is really doing to the ball. 
The home run forecast index gives us an easy way to determine how good or bad the air is for ball flight. The index is calculated by measuring stadium-specific weather conditions and is displayed on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being the most unfavorable for good ball flight and 10 indicating the most favorable air. There's a strong correlation between the index and the number of runs scored per game and the number of home runs hit. Games that have the highest index, 10 for the whole game, average over 10 runs and 2.8 homers over the course of the year. An index is created for each game, so you can see what it will be in any stadium and how the weather's influence might change over the course of the game, as well as the wind direction. Right now, you can get access to the HRF premium site for only $5 a month and see what the index will look like for every hour of every game. Go to homerunforecast.com right now to sign up. Again, that's homerunforecast.com. I'm Jeff Erickson here with Fred Zinke, and we are just talking all things baseball. We're all over the map today. Uh, Andy Rodriguez was one of two Pittsburgh Pirates to debut uh, yesterday. And I was a little surprised that Henry Davis got the call ahead of him, uh, and Henry Davis isn't even catching. Andy Rodriguez is going to be the primary catcher for the Pirates going forward. Yes, he is. And do you have much fantasy uh, interest in him. I don't know if I really, I don't know if I really do. I guess I did. I had more last year at the end of last season, this right. season, his, his minor league numbers are like really blah, like a two sixty eight average and six home runs. It's just, I don't know. It, 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 now he's tasked with catching. I way rather, I think I just way rather have Henry Davis who I know can at least steal a few bases for me and plays every day. Cause he doesn't have to catch. Yeah. Well, I, can maybe I mean, focus on his hitting more. Yeah, uh, and that's the thing. I, I prefer Davis over Andy right now, uh, but I definitely that's that's flip flop from the beginning of the year too. Uh, but that said, I mean, sometimes a guy will kind of stagnate at AAA and then yeah. kind of pick it up when he gets the call. You know, I, I think that he, I, I think a lot of people thought there's a chance that Andy had a chance to make the team out of spring training. You know, the way he just was crushing the yeah. ball. Now he only had like six games at AAA in 2022, so. From a game calling perspective, I think maybe they thought maybe he could use a little bit of work there. You know, and in fairness, he actually started the year at high A last year and blew through double A, only played 31 games there, too. So with that in mind, I could see maybe why they kept him a little longer at the uh, at triple A. And he wasn't crushing at triple A, but he also Fred, he also was holding his own, too. He just wasn't hitting for a lot of power. Uh, the, yep. the, the batting eye was good. 36 walks, 47 Ks, making solid contact, just not making enough hard contact. But when your alternative is Austin Hedges, I mean, which was like no contact. Give me give me Andy any day. Maybe they just wanted to make sure he was ready and wasn't going to be overmatched before he got the call. Yeah, uh, I, I, I love I love when people throw Austin Hedges under the bus. His numbers this year are just like oh. <laughs> two twenty six on base. His on base is a bad batting average. Yeah, uh, Austin Nola versus Austin Hedges. Any Austin Austin Barnes, any Austin catcher is bad. Uh, basically, there. I think I think that's our lesson that we need to take from that. There. It no. also kind of makes me a little bit concerned uh, as a prospect hound. Uh, you know, I, I getting a little bit worried about Austin Wells on the Yankees now. There you go. All Another Austin. catcher, Austin. From a fantasy perspective, since they came up almost back to back, would you rather have Andy Rodriguez or Tyler Soderstrom if you were picking one of them up right now? Hmm. I think Tyler Soderstrom because he's going to play a little non-catcher. Yeah. That was my but plan. with the caveat that you make sure you get him a qualified catcher already. Because like in the NFBC, he actually doesn't qualify at catcher right now. Right. 
so yeah so if if he qualified at catcher i guess then yeah my answer would be the same as you and i'm confirming that's true but when i saw him on the waiver wire i, I, listed I believe, as a first base I believe you're right that he doesn't qualify there um in yahoo leagues he is owned he is much more rostered than Andy Rodriguez. So the, the masses are well, Andy couldn't, wasn't a, available to be picked up until next, next week. So also for, yeah. Oh, uh, sorry. No, I, I said in, yeah, in, yeah. Oh, Yahoo. My bad. I didn't really properly up anytime. So, um, or I just powered through it. One of the two, I don't know. Yeah. They, uh, <laughs> anyways, I, I'm with, I'm with you. If, if Soderstrom's eligible at catcher, I'll take him. He hasn't done anything of note yet in the majors. Yeah. Um, I'll take him. I did blast Yahoo owners a few days ago because and i know there are some keeper leagues which would impact it but tyler soderstrom like as soon as he got called up blew past danny jansen in ownership percentage and i was like this is ridiculous like danny jansen has 40 rbis this year he's like top 10 among catchers and home runs even though he's on the aisle for a while like why what are you chasing in tyler soderstrom that you can't just get danny jansen right now uh like i said i know there's some keeper leagues in yahoo where people are rostering him for a different reason but that's not enough to make up the ownership gap. Like I said, like his, I agree. his ownership rate blew past Jansen's like immediately. And it's totally the shiny new toy. It is. Yeah. I mean, would you rather have Oakland in their ballpark or Toronto in there? Right. I right. mean, track record, no track record. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and now in, in the NFBC, it's even worse because, because he got the initial first base only qualification. You have to wait till he gets to 10 games at catcher. Mm-hmm. Now, maybe it happens quickly like he did with Francisco Alvarez, but he, so far it's one and one for him. Yeah, so, uh, so. probably not that quickly. Like it could yeah. take could take to the end of the month. Yeah. Longer. It's, yeah, longer. Yeah. Absolutely. Mid-August yeah. even. Yeah. Yeah, at uh, that point he's not rosterable. Like if, if you're talking about Soderstrom as a first baseman in it, Maybe. I mean, if 15-team Mixley, you could still use him as a corner. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I feel to me that feels like things have gone pretty bad if I'm using Soderstrom as my corner infielder, yeah. even in a 15. I think I'd rather, I think in one league I picked up Donovan Solano for the week as my corner infielder. I think I'd rather use him than than Tyler Soderstrom. At least it's all down to the matchups. Playing every day right? hits for average. Yeah, that's true. Yep. And yeah. whether he's going to get three at three game three starts yeah. or two starts, really. Yeah. Um, Scott Jenstad posed this question to me. You're the our resident Jays guy. You mentioned Jansen. How about his counterpart, Alejandro Kirk? Is he a drop? Uh, I think he can. Yeah, I think in twelves. Um, I don't. I like the way Alejandro Kirk like is playing. There's just there's no way this can work. Like he's such an incredibly slow runner, yeah. and then he's not hitting for any power at all. So he's putting. Every ball, like not every ball, but he's putting so many batted balls on the ground, or at least on a low trajectory. Um, he, when he does put them in the air, they're not leaving the yard, and he can't beat anything out. Even, and I mean, like he's such a slow runner. Like there's other guys, like Brandon Belt, for example, on the Jays is a slow runner, but like nothing like Kirk. Danny Jansen is not a fast runner, but he's nothing like Kirk. So, like Kirk is such a slow runner. Um, I just think this can't work. Um, yeah, I think you could. I think you could totally. So, for example, if you had Kirk. I also think he's falling into just like he's the Jays' number two catcher. He DHs a bit, especially like he can DH against lefties sometimes because Varsho's so bad against them. But I, like I don't think any like I think one of the Jays. I was looking at what I think the Jays should do at the trade deadline. I think one of their only paths to improvement, or one of their best paths to improvement, might be to find another middle of the order bat. And if they yeah. do that, that pushes Kirk into an even smaller role. 
Yeah, because I mean, I'm I'm looking at the roster, and they need another right-handed bat. They don't have a better right-handed alternative at DH. Now, if you assume that Vladdy and Springer and Bichette and uh, Jansen are all already in the lineup, Merrifield too at the, their respective positions, uh, which you would, then who do they have? And maybe there's someone in the minors I'm overlooking. Uh, like just a, I mean, right now a Triple A veteran first baseman would be a better alternative than Kirk as the DH. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, I, I've been looking at, obviously, what I think the Jays should do at the deadline. The weird thing about the Blue Jays is the reason they're not better is primarily that some of their studs haven't played like studs. Like, Guerrero hasn't been as good as he should be. He's probably 100 points down what he should be on his OPS. Springer's a, a decent amount down on what he should be on his OPS. The rat, It's like, when you look at, though, at like who you're going to replace, like they're probably not replacing Varsho. He's a really good defender. They traded a lot for him. Kiermaier's been exactly what you want from a ninth, number nine hitter, mm-hmm. center fielder, great defense. Um, Chapman's not getting replaced. Whit Merrifield's been one of their better hitters this year. He's not getting replaced. He's versatile in the field. I tried to Pat- trade for uh, Merrifield in the Rotowire staff keeper league. Just couldn't get it done. Guy wanted to hold on to him thinking he's a okay. keeper for next year. Interesting. I think he's a free agent at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, I don't know what the market's going to be for a 35 year old Whit Merrifield. He'll get a job. Yeah. Like he'll get a contract. I don't know how many keepers you guys can keep, but a lot. 15. Okay. Like I'll be 18 team mixed league with 10 man minor league rosters. Um, now a lot of them get activated, so you don't keep all your minor leaguers from year to year, but still, uh, it's just balanced against their salaries. That's the tricky part. Yeah, I'm interested to see it. I, I mean, Whit Merrifield's like kind of right on the cusp as far as does he get a contract and an offer from a team that makes him like a like a regular player, like a starting player on a decent team next year. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure, but I think he'll play enough next year. He's having a pretty solid season. Yeah. Anyways, their path, the Blue Jays' path, is probably actually to replace Brandon Belt with like a stud who hits cleanup, and then like if they want to try to get better, and then make Belt like a part-time player. Um, or they could do the same thing in the rotation and get, but they need it, but it would have to be a stud. They don't have like a total hole in there, especially Hyunjin Ryu is coming close to coming back and has been doing fine in triple A. So like, like they, they have five, they're five deep. Like Kikuchi's their fifth starter right now, or Manoa, depending on how you want to look at it. We'll see how Manoa does tonight. I was just going to say tonight's a pretty big night. Yeah. And then they still have, but they still, but they could replace either one of those two pitchers with Ryu when he's ready to come back. So, again, if they're going to get a starter, they can't just get Kyle Hendricks because that's just spinning their wheels. It's different, like, say, than the Red situation where you could just use a guy who can give you five <laughs> innings. Like, they have that guy. It's Kikuchi. Like, yeah. they ha- they're going to have Ryu. He's, he could be that guy. So, it's, it's they need to actually get a really good pitcher, like someone you're excited to start in a playoff game, or they need to get a cleanup hitter. And yeah. Brandon Bell hasn't been bad, but he's still Brandon Bell. Like, you could that's probably the spot that they could most easily. Anyways, all of those things push Kirk down the depth chart. And I think that, I don't know. I, I think the Jays missed their window in trying to move Kirk. I think it was last off season after he had a pretty good year. There's just, he has they moved to the wrong catcher. Down. They did. I think now I think they could get a lot more for Moreno. I think major league GMs were smart enough to know that Moreno had a lot more. He's a much better athlete, younger, you know, much better athlete. I think he probably has more potential than Kirk, but yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know what Kirk if Kirk might just end up settling into being like a really good contact hitter who's but is like a number two catcher because yeah. even though maybe he has a better year than this year and he hits two fifty or two sixty, but it comes with six home runs. Yeah. 
so five right. home runs. So I think you could drop Kirk. So for example, if someone wanted to drop Kirk for Soderstrom, where he's a catcher, or for Andy Rodriguez, uh, I think I I don't know if it'll work out, but I could see you doing that and saying from now on I'm just going to stream the spot. Bet on the unknown until yeah. yeah until I can find someone. I'll start with Andy Rodriguez, and I'll catchers are really cheap now. I saw Soderstrom. Oh, sorry. I saw, I've seen catchers recently in the NFBC leagues go for pretty cheap on the waiver wire on Sunday nights. I, I think Rod, I don't think Rodriguez will be expensive unless he does something yeah. really wild. Most week. people don't have a whole lot of money they left. That's it. That's what I was going to say. So I think you're going to be able to get Rodriguez for less than 20 bucks. Yeah. So if you Just... want to drop Kirk and say, you know what, if I can get Rodriguez for 10 bucks, I'll take him. I'll start, I'll, I'll roll him for a couple of weeks. I'll, I'll monitor him. I'll monitor what else is out there and I'll start streaming the spot. Cause I think I can get just as good or better than what I've been getting for Kirk. I think that's, I don't think Kirk's going to burn, come back and burn you. Yeah. Question from the audience. Do you like Kodai Senga for the second half? Uh, he, you know, for all that's gone wrong with the Mets this year, Senga has been pretty good. Uh, you know, the whip isn't great at 126. He's walked 49 batters, but man, Give me 122 Ks in 95 innings anytime. I'll take those 122 Ks. I'll take a 320 ERA. He's only given up 11 homers. Um, that plays. And I, I, I think, yes, I, I like him a lot for the second half. I, I think if there's maybe a concern, it, it's, and I, I don't even think it's a huge concern, but maybe it's that he wears down for the length of the MLB season compared to that at home. Uh, that might be a concern, but honestly, not even that worried about that. I, I, I like him. I would trade for him if he is available. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with him. I don't know if he's someone I go out and like fully target, like you said, just because of that that fear of uh, of him wearing down. Although that being said, there's not when I talk trade, there aren't usually guys, players that I target. It's usually more figuring out, you know, what I need, what I can give up, whose roster fits what I need and what I can give up. And then mm-hmm. if that person, if I needed a starting pitcher and that person had Kodai Senga, I would not be afraid to trade for him rather than me just going out and finding the person in my league who has Kodai Senga and then saying, I got to get him from you. Yep. That's not usually how I think about trades or it's all basically never how I think about trades. So, but yeah, if, if someone lined up for me and Kodai Senga is probably on some good pitching staffs because he wasn't drafted as an ace or a number two, and he's given that person a lot of strikeouts in some leagues, there's probably people with Senga who are, doing really well in strikeouts and could part with him. So yeah, I, I don't have any concerns about him. Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, good question there. Appreciate you on that. A uh, couple more guys uh, to talk about here. I actually uh, streamed Drew Smiley this week because of the two step. He got me strikeouts, but eh, not great. Um, so, you know, and he's really been struggling a little bit lately too. So, uh, you know, and that, that's all. The question is Drew Smiley. Is he hitting the wall? Yeah, you know, it's kind of what he does. Actually, he does tend to hit walls. Uh, that, that that's been one of the problems for him over the course of his career is that he hasn't been able to go deep into uh, uh, into seasons. Uh, so Drew Smiley yesterday, uh, it was gave up the five runs on eight hits, only one walk, uh, and seven Ks over six innings. Yeah, it does seem like Smiley's just kind of running out of gas. Like April ERA three twenty one, May ERA three hundred nine. June 581 so far in July 790 it just seems like he's never been durable as you mentioned but it's hit this year he has been durable and maybe his body's just not used to being this durable he's like wait a minute I'm not a 30 start guy what's going on here I can't I I, I've pitched for 
three and a half months now without a break. So he seems to be kind of kind of running out of steam. And that's a bad one for the Cubs too, because he's someone they could have moved. Yeah, absolutely. Or could still move, but aren't going to get as much as they could have maybe a month ago when his ERA was in the mid threes. In fantasy, I so I have him on two or three teams. I did not start him anywhere, I think, this week. If I did start him, it would have been on a team that's doing poorly and I had nothing to lose. But I was benching him for middle relievers this week. I just felt like I couldn't take the risk. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, thanks to uh, PJ for the shout-out to Rotowire for rescuing this wayward baseball press user. If you hadn't heard baseball press, I don't think is – I think they might have shut down. I don't think they had a big announcement about it. But we do have an MLB lineups page. We think it's pretty good. Uh, and uh, you guys can check it out. If you don't already subscribe to Rotowire, we do a trial. Uh, we do have a free trial. Um, it, 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 it's, you just go to rotowire.com slash pod. If you're streaming with us right now, you can see it. Uh, and yeah, I'm going to post the link to the, the, uh, to, to the lineups page. But also, we got a special thing going on in July. If you go get a free, t- free trial, it's a free two-day free trial. No credit card at all is required. And if you do get a free trial with us, we're going to donate $1 to Fantasy Cares. Uh, it's the same organization that uh, Scott Fishbowl uh, Scott Fish has created uh, to help uh, you know, buy toys for kids at Christmas, things of that nature. It's his, his organization. It's great stuff. So go to rotowire.com slash pod, uh, and you can get the, the, the free trial, the no pe- a peek behind the paywall, and then go check out our lineups page, which right now uh posted in our yahoo page right now if you're following along on yahoo it's uh, rotowire.com slash baseball slash daily dash lineups dot php but just go to the free trial and you can go navigate from there we have it prominently linked all over the place there so you guys can check that out uh but yeah uh we uh, hope you want to check that out uh one other uh thing i want to mention is i've got some sunny gray in my life and we had a bad start before the all-star break uh and he had another rough one yesterday as well out in seattle yeah so you wonder if this is another guy maybe who's running out of steam a little bit yep you can say a lot of similar things to drew smiley um although i don't i don't think it was well i don't know maybe i'm not giving him i'm giving too much credit i was gonna say i don't think of his past as quite as checkered as drew smiley's but the more i look at his player page it's not too far off um i'm not better than that but yeah i'm concerned uh the walks are high the last couple starts um i'm not totally out one of the things i noticed when i was doing some schedule watching over the all-star break and i've got an article a trade article coming out on yahoo tomorrow that touches on this is that the twins have a very favorable schedule for pitchers coming up over the next like say six weeks to two months they just have a lot of a lot of divisional games and then i think they've got the a's in there too i think they, they they just had the mariners i think they might have the mariners again um, but they have a lot, a lot of games against bottom 10 lineups. So it, it's well laid out for guys like Gray and the rest of that rotation to have plenty of successful starts. So for that reason, I think if I had Gray, I might hold and cross my fingers that it was just two unlucky starts. Yeah. Uh, Uncle Ted, I'm going to do one more player. Uh, talks about Dakota Hudson's the Cardinal pitcher I'd want to trade for the most. I'm not seeing it. First of all, the innings aren't there three and a third in his last time out. And that's the most he's gone so far this year at triple a this year, six ERA, 185 uh, whip. Uh, okay. So fine. Maybe he's working his way back from injury, but still last year, full season, 445, 145. I, 
he's had one reasonably good one good year era wise in his career one good year uh you know two good years with 335 era in 2019 but that came with a 141 whip he's never been a dominant pitcher never misses bats i i'm not in on dakota hudson no, I just I so I actually have Dakota Hudson on my Toe Wars draft and hold team. I did not put him in the lineup this week, even though he has two starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just which tells you, I mean, I took him in like round forty eight or something like that. Um, I probably will never use him. We'll see. I because the Cardinals are clearing out rotation, like right, like space, like probably Jordan Montgomery at the very least is on the move. I think Hudson maybe could just be in a losing team's rotation down the stretch, right. which I guess is something in NL only. Um, he gets a ton of ground balls. He doesn't get any strikeouts. So you just cross your fingers. He's had stretches where he's got enough ground balls, right? Like that, you know, like 2019 happy fun ball year. Well, for Dakota Hudson and all his ground balls, he had a 335 ERA. So he still gave up 22 homers, even with the happy fun ball. But um, because he gets so many ground balls, he was able to, you know, be one of the pitchers who, who, to some degree survive that career ERA 356. So I get it where he's coming from, but the strikeout rate is just so bad. Um, I just don't see any fantasy potential here there. Like I said, I didn't pick him up. He could get stretched out to the point where he gives the Cardinals five innings consistently, five, six innings of ground balls and two strikeouts. And if you want to, on a losing team, you know, roll the dice that, you know, not enough of those ground balls come in to score and you get your two strikeouts and maybe you get a win, go for it. I think I'd rather just play a middle reliever. Um, that actually, Dakota Hudson gives me a nice segue to Quinn Priester, who made his major league debut last night and is, an mm-hmm. I think, and generated some interest. He's got a little bit of Dakota Hudson type look to me, just just watching that game. And I'm not getting into like pitch mix and all those things. Lots of ground balls, not a lot of strikeouts. At least that's how his debut went. A lot of ground balls, not a lot of strikeouts, not a high-velocity pitchers. Cutter was at 91. His slider was at 85. Um, I was he was perfect on. through three yesterday, perfect but then the, uh, all, the next and, two... And all ground balls. It was either all ground balls or pretty close. Yeah, and the fourth the fourth inning, the dam broke open, too. I mean, the yeah. sixth inning, the, the dam broke open with four runs in the sixth, too. So, yeah. uh, again, this is one of those guys where... You know, I would prefer a guy that misses bats because uh, yep. then, you know, you said all ground balls, uh, you know, ground balls are fine if you have a good defense, uh, uh, but occasionally need to miss bats. And I, I don't think the, the Pirates especially have a strong defense. So that's part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe ground balls on the Braves and you get a lot of run support and you, you maybe you're like a high whip mediocre ERA guy who gets some wins yeah Um, ground balls a lot of ground balls on a losing team your whip's probably going to be high you know like unless you're an elite control guy your whip's probably going to be high and then you know who knows on your ERA and you're probably not going to get a lot of wins yeah Priester's got some pedigree he was a first round pick in 2019 so you know he did have an oblique injury last year that uh that slowed him down a little bit Strikeout rate kind of started to dip as he went higher up in the minors. That does happen a lot. Uh, I uh, I think this is a building year. Um, I don't think the story is fully written on him, but I also do wonder about his ultimate upside too. Yeah, I, I think there's a really good sentence about Priester right at the top of his Fangraphs page. It says, scouts like Priester, pitch data does not. Yeah. I'm, right. I'm looking at the pitch data saying, like, what's the hype around this guy? But like you said, first round pick, scouts do like him. 
Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see. And, um, I, and I get that ground balls are good. Like, if he can combine the ground balls with a better strikeout rate, a, like a decent strikeout rate in the minors once he, or in the majors once he gets some more starts under his belt, then sure. But anyways, his first start was very Dakota Hudson-like. Yeah. And you got to remember, two things about uh, pitchers that don't miss bats. I mean, one, you know, strikeouts portend future success. I mean, it's just it, there's a strong correlation. The higher strikeouts you get more often than not, you got better ratios, better chances of winning. Uh, but two, strikeouts are a category for us. It's, you know, either in roto leagues or in points leagues. I mean, they matter. Uh, so a lack of them or a, a staff full of uh, pitchers that don't have them is a problem. I mean, look at the Cubs. Is an example of that they haven't had a whole lot of a lot of pitchers uh, that miss bats. You know, you don't want to have only you know that they try to miss bats the exclusion of getting outs. But at the same time, you need you need strikeouts. They're the bread of life. Yep. Yes, ab- absolutely. I think, and that's where I think guys like Dakota Hudson, like they've just proven by now, they can't do it. Yeah, they have their moments. They have, and they can look really good for a while. But they're they're beholden to two different things. One defense two a little yeah. you know luck 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 and 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 three an opposing lineup that can you know can wait yeah. him out a little bit there or square him up because there will be days where he gets squared up and that's the problem um all right i i think we can end it on that note there um good stuff everybody appreciate everybody jumping in on the uh, uh on the chat there as always we love having the robust discussion big thanks to uh, everybody listening in coming up tomorrow James Anderson uh, going to talk a lot about the first-year player draft, some of the uh, players involved there. Uh, and he's got updated prospect rankings coming up soon, mid-July prospect rankings update coming up really soon on RotoWire. So, again, you want to see that? Check out rotowire.com slash pod. Good time to do that. Do yourself some good checking out the prospects as well as doing some good for others by because every, every for every free trial at rotowire.com slash pod, we'll donate $1 to Fantasy Care. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Talk to you again soon. Take care.